Hello and welcome to Talking About Our Beautiful Savior number 34. I'm Pastor Alex Groth. And I'm Carrie Groth. Number 34, uh, number of former Packers running back Edgar (laughs) Bennett. General do-it-all guy, not uber-talented, but just a workhorse running back. Cool, cool, cool. Good blocker, receiver out of the backfield. I had his autograph on a plastic Packers helmet at some point. I don't know where that is. That probably would be worth like... Seven or eight dollars, <laughs> if we could find that, we can buy an extra value meal. Oh, that'd be nice at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. How are you? Uh, good. I'm great. She's great. Yep. You asked me that question with a major Wisconsin uh, slant to it. Well, it makes sense. I'm from Wisconsin, <laughs> so right now, well, I should say, first of all, one of our for the first time, one of our foster children cut their own hair today at school. <laughs> Because he had toothpaste in his hair and couldn't get it out, (laughs) which was neat. Yeah. Um, But right now, currently, I just, I didn't tell you, they are in the kitchen, and the older one is reading the Bible to the younger one. Oh, which is pretty, that is fantastic. Yep. The younger his little one, Bible he got from his The younger teacher. one, yeah, graduated preschool yesterday with flying colors. He's on <laughs> the kindergarten, although there's four days left of preschool, <laughs> yeah, so anything could, can happen. He could mess things up. <laughs> yeah, he loses scholarship. Uh, <laughs> no, so you get, a, you get a little children's Bible as part of his preschool mm-hmm. graduation. The older one's reading, doing his best that to read from it. Together. So that is very sweet. Pretty neat. Uh, hopefully that'll last at least for another four or five minutes before they're... Um, being mean to each other. <laughs> all right. The theme for this Sunday, we're celebrating Ascension, is he lives to rule all things for the church. Typical pattern here. We'll go with our Sunday school lesson first, which is kind of a deep cut spirit or Sunday school lesson. Not one of the ones. Exciting. I don't ever remember learning about Isaiah uh, and his account encounter with God in Sunday school. Do you? Well, with the like coal and the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember learning, but I don't think feel like that was in our. Yeah, curriculum. I don't think so. I don't think I did when I was a kid. So Isaiah has this uh, encounter with God. God's sitting on a throne, and there's no throne in the temple in Jerusalem. So it tells us this is a vision of where heaven. Yeah. So Isaiah is, yeah, getting a vision of heaven. He describes angels that look a lot different than. I mean, how do people often picture angels? Well, with the you know the wings and the. Flowing robes of yep. white. Uh, I think a lot of the precious moments. My younger mm. sister had a bunch of precious moments <laughs> figurines when we were growing up. So like the really cute mm-hmm. angels, yep. you know, cherubic, you know, coming yes. from that word cherub. Yes. Uh, these these angels are a lot different. In fact, it's interesting. I've seen on social media in the last year or so a lot more um, depictions of like real angels, what they would have looked like. And sometimes it's like, you know, isn't this awesome? And it has angels with like swords, and they have like, you know military rank and uniforms on or sometimes it's the angels from ezekiel that have like wheels and all these different faces and stuff like that it's just interesting that that's that's kind of coming back into our our culture it's just this desire to like here's what the bible the way bible really describes angels Mm -hmm. interesting so the way isaiah as is describing seraphim here and they have six wings um and that it is it, it does seem like in the bible angels are described as having some sort of rank which mm-hmm. is interesting. What do we read into that? Nothing. Uh, but just <laughs> maybe something interesting yeah. to note. Uh, and even these powerful angels are doing what in the presence of God? Do you remember what they're doing to show their respect for him? Um, I don't remember, but I could imagine they're worshiping. <laughs> they're, they are worshiping. They're singing a song of worship, but they're also mm-hmm. hiding their faces. Oh, yeah. So you That's just think, kind of yeah, the angels, you know, they're they're in God's presence, and mm-hmm. even they are hiding wow. their faces because of... Um, you know, how glorious how glorious God is. And Isaiah has a pretty strong reaction. 
to being in the presence of mm-hmm. God. Do you remember what he says? Some, I think he said, woe to me. Yeah, uh, woe is me. I, I, I'm, I should die. I'm a man of unclean lips. Yes. Basically, yeah, I'm going to die because I'm a sinner and I shouldn't be in the presence of the Almighty God. So that's probably about as good as a reaction as you <laughs> yeah, would want to have as a human being. rather than like, Yo, what's up? I'm <laughs> right. Isaiah. Yeah. This is my first time here. It's heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's cool a good, good job. Yeah. So to demonstrate humility right away is uh, is a good thing. I think this is part of the reason that God chose a man like Isaiah to be his prophet, mm-hmm. this, this humility that he had in understanding his own sin. Uh, one of the seraphim takes a burning coal from the altar and does what with uh, it? He touches it to Isaiah's lips. Yes. Why does he do that? Um, to purify, mm-hmm. uh, just, uh, you know, refine. Yeah. So Isaiah has just confessed i have sinned with my words and so um, angel says we'll take care of that and takes the coal and touches it to his mouth so it's not a it's not a hateful thing it's not an attack it's actually a way to address uh his sin so now you're you're clean i mean we typically think of fire as being a destructive force Mm -hmm. but for many ways they thought of it as a a cleansing refining force Mm -hmm. Uh, so your, your message is clear your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for so, yeah, now he can stand before God's throne confidently, which is, you know, our, it's crazy, but we can too, we get to do because that our day. sins have yeah. been taken away um, by Jesus walking through the fires of hell for us. So, at, at, you know, finally, there, there's this big switcheroo, you know, Isaiah basically thinks I'm going to die, mm-hmm. and then God says, who, am, who shall I send? We should all oh, mention the holy, 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 you know, there's the yes. triune God is present here, we should acknowledge that, because that's, that's one of the places in the bible especially in the old testament where we see that that triune god but god says whom shall i send and what does isaiah say now here am i send me yeah here am i send me so he is ready yeah ready to go uh just moments before this he thought i'm gonna die i'm unworthy i'm unclean. and now yep and i'm ready to go and what what changed in him what what caused this massive 180 degree change what god did for him yeah it was a response to the gospel wasn't mm-hmm. it so i'm holy now in god's sight yeah, I, I want to tell other people about this. Yes, please. Send me. Send me. And we know, yeah, he becomes a great, great prophet. Mm-hmm. The book of Isaiah is one of the uh, longest, most, you know, gospel-centered books yeah. or gospel-centered books of the Bible, the uh, even though, yeah, it includes some really strong law, too. So mm-hmm. just some teaching items. One of the things is is just the, the message of that Isaiah had for the people was tough. Yeah. God was calling Isaiah to a tough mission. He was going to have to share some difficult truths. And just as I said, you know, the, Isaiah has some really, the book has some really clear gospel. It also has some of the most, um, you know. Devastating, verses, horrific. Yeah, verses in the sad. Bible that give you goosebumps when you read them because they're, they're so open about God's yeah. judgment. So yeah. Isaiah is granted this vision to help strengthen him for this very difficult work he's going to do in sharing this message uh, to Israel, and, and God essentially tells Isaiah, most people aren't going to listen to you, which is just, you know, I, th- I imagine <laughs> on call day Yay. at Sam back in 2011, <laughs> if, uh, you know, we heard beautiful Savior Cincinnati, and if we would have met with a district president right after, and he was just like, just so you know, most people there are going to hate you and not listen to you. Oh, here's cool. Your, you know, here's your call Thanks. packet. Uh, okay. I'm excited. Can't wait to move down there. Um, and then maybe just the final point, um, well, two final points. One, the holiness of God means he is separate and opposite from all sin. So 
God's holiness is contrasted by our sin. God yeah. hates our sin, and mm-hmm. he hates us as sinners, which yep. that's a hard hard truth. Psalm 5 talks about God hating the sinner, and yet God also loves the sinner. God mm-hmm. loves us so much that he mm-hmm. sent his son to die for us. God to so loved the, the world. Yeah. yeah, To be sin for us, right? Mm-hmm. So God's holiness also, we don't always talk about it in this context, but God's holiness means he's always right. Whatever yeah. he's doing is right. And mm-hmm. so I think that's that's been a helpful thing for me on those occasions when I'm sort of God, you're doing it wrong, which is a you know really Silly. foolish thought. <laughs> yeah. But it's just to think about God's holiness and that He makes no mistakes. Whatever right. He does is right. Uh, and then the last point is just we still you know you and I are called workers, and I think an important understanding of a called worker is their own sin. Like, yeah. like Isaiah, I mean, we both yep. realize I should not be here we have I no business be doing this. we shouldn't be recording a podcast you know, who nope. are who are we what do i know um, but god in his grace has forgiven both of our sins yep. and then allowed us to serve in this role so, so grace cool. upon grace upon grace indeed all right let's talk about x1 which is the first lesson yes. and also what i'm planning to preach on on sunday x is a sequel a sequel to what book a sequel to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. To <laughs> the whole of all the Gospels, <laughs> specifically Luke, Gospel Luke. Uh, oh, because he's the author of right. it. Right, yeah. yeah. So sure, sure, Acts, sure. Uh, Acts begins with the author Luke saying, in my former book, and he's Theophilus. Yeah, former book, Theophilus. Uh, is that a name? Is that... I like you know, to think it is. Is that... Because literally it means lover of God. Mm-hmm. So is he like, dear Christian, here's my book. Or is it? Is Probably. there actually some bro with a sweet name of I Theophilus? mean, I like to imagine both. Yeah, you're free to... Because I really would like to have that name, Theophilus. That'd it's a great cool. name. So Acts is really picking up where the Gospels leave off. And literally, you know, the Gospel of Luke... Boom. Is our gospel. The end of Luke is our Gospel this week, too. So it's like you have the gospel sort of ending in Luke, and and then Luke himself really picks it up with the book of Acts. Yeah. And the full Ready name of Acts go. has traditionally been the Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. So it's it starts off by talking about Jesus' activity for 40 days, now 40 days between Easter and the Ascension. It says he's teaching and giving many convincing proofs that he was alive. Yep. So it's... In our staff meeting on Monday, we talked about this. What a surreal time that must have been for the disciples. Yeah. You've lost Jesus to death. And now he's, now he's back. back. And intermittently, we don't know exactly how often he's showing up to teach and to eat, which is, you know, Luke makes a point here that he's eating with the disciples, which Can means I, what? Well, it, that's a big deal because they believed that ghosts couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And so he was proving to them, I'm not a ghost, guys. He's still a human being. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got the nail marks from the, yeah. the, the nails and on the cross. And this is his, yeah. So it really is him. He's not just a spirit. He has a glorified body, and he's hanging out with them. So for just over a month, <laughs> wow. they get to hang out with, with Jesus. What were you going to say? I know that's just so cool to yeah. think about. So just over a month, he's teaching them and giving all sorts, you know, helping them understand this wasn't a hallucination. This mm-hmm. isn't a ghost, like you said. I'm not Casper. You can't see through me. Uh, great movie, by the way, Casper. <laughs> it, Love yeah. to see that again. Would recommend. I saw that in theaters in back in, <laughs> I think, 94. So... Um, yeah, so it's just that time is, is precious. And then he he says, he tells them at one point while they're eating, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they had no clue right. what he was talking Maybe about. Maybe this time they were like, 
we don't have to worry about it because we'll know because he says we'll know. You think so? Oh, but what no. they say next in verse 6 is, okay, great. Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> oh, I forgot they said that. Which, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, they I just still think don't get it. So many points in Jesus' discussions with the, the disciples teaching about the necess- necessity of the cross and yeah. suffering. How many times are like, okay, great. But when does the really <laughs> cool stuff start? Like, yeah. we don't understand all that noise, what you're saying about the cross. Like, hey, you do you, man. But when is Israel going to be awesome right. like it was with david and solomon so yeah. we're just just curious as if it was that great when they... <laughs> yeah you've now risen from the dead mm-hmm. so can we i mean it's great seeing you eating with you <laughs> but when are you gonna do the cool stuff mm-hmm. and jesus does not reach out and slap the clo- closest disciple no he just says Even it's though... not it's not you it's not for you to know the times or dates the father is sent but you will be my witnesses yes which is stunning that Amazing. they've just demonstrated their <laughs> Ignorance. complete lack of understanding about what the kingdom of God is about. And he's yeah. like, nope, but you're the church. Yay! So you're going to go do it. That's you, amazing. You clowns <laughs> who can't understand this, even after I've come back you know, from the dead. Mm, and I'm going to equip you. It. And he says, you will be my witnesses to you know, Judea and Jerusalem and the ends of the earth and, and Samaria. And, and it works. I mean, it, it happens. Yeah. The book of Acts then just continues to tell that story. Uh, I think in the sermon, I'm going to touch on the fact that it's really neat in these Sundays after Easter, we've been going through the book of Acts in our first lesson and um, in the Gospels, in the the you know the Gospel lesson, you see the disciples make these foolish mistakes and misunderstandings over and over again. Mm-hmm. But parallel, you have the book of Acts where they're getting it post-Pentecost and they're yeah. making these powerful proclamations of christ and they're suffering on his behalf and it's like yeah it worked yes you know they've just made this huge mistake in asking are you at this time going to make are you going to make israel great again and you know jesus says no but you are (laughs) you're (laughs) going to make israel great i mean what made israel great when david was king the focus on yeah and that's that's what we're going to do in lots of ways and then he's taken up before their very eyes which i'm sure was was so intense um yeah and just for still probably not understanding exactly what was happening, but watching him disappear from sight. And I don't know how long they would have stood there, and except two while. angels show up yep. and basically say, hey, Guys, he's, he's, not, he's not coming back, but he is going to come back the same way that you saw him. Talking about what? Judgment Day. Judgment Day, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, too, the a really important point to make with the Ascension is that Jesus is gone visibly, mm-hmm. but he's still with us all yes. the time. And he leaves One visibly. One of my favorite verses. Uh, he leaves visibly so that he can be with us always. I was just mm-hmm. was thinking. I think I'll bring this out in the sermon too. You know, we share oh, our location. We, we share our location with each other mm-hmm. on our phone. So if we can't get a hold of each other, like I know, like you're at the Dollar Tree buying more. That uh, would be storage, you. No, uh, no. <laughs> storage containers. Storage containers. Yeah. <sighs> so then I'm like, okay, she's at Dollar Tree. Dollar Twenty Five now. Another forty five minutes before she'll <laughs> she'll be available. But I mean, so sometimes I need. Because we're not with each other, and right. I can't get a hold of you. you gotta, I need, like, I need to check your location. And I never look at my phone. Or That's here, true. Yeah. So. Um, but we never do that with Jesus because he's he's with us. Yeah. You know, so the fact if he hadn't ascended, we would still do that. You That's know, we'd have to like. Yeah. If if you were really nervous about some surgery or something, to have to look on your app, okay, where is Jesus right now? I'd like to get a hold of him, yeah. and can he be here to hold my hand? We don't need that because he's with all of us all at once. I mean, he is capable. In Acts 9, he appears to 
Paul, the Apostle Paul, on the road to Damascus. Mm -hmm. And he's also with all the Christians that are being persecuted because of Paul. Yes. So he can appear there visibly and turn Paul around while also strengthening and being with all the disciples who are being persecuted at the time. So we need him to ascend. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. counterintuitive. We wish Jesus was still walking around, hanging out, mm-hmm. 119 at 1 Pippin Road, or wherever your church is where you listen to this. By the way, we got a big boost in Ooh, listenership sweet. after you posted that picture of Melba on social oh, media. Good. So we'll just do that Melba? every week. Oh, our producer? Yeah, our producer of a podcast <laughs> who's been woofing in the background intermittently. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we need Jesus to ascend so that yeah. he can be with us always. And then he can bless us with his own body us. and blood in the mm-hmm. sacrament. All right, let's move on to First Peter. Uh, we'll just cover this quickly. So Peter, we've been in First Peter for all these these Sundays after Easter in the church here, uh, and Peter starts off by saying, "Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed." So Peter is very open throughout this first letter about how difficult it's going to be for Christians. And this is the second or third time that he's talked about something being fiery. I mean, he, he talked about faith being refined by fire in that mm-hmm. first chapter. I think I touched on that in my sermon then, on that text. But basically just acknowledging it's if you are a Christian living out your faith publicly, you will take heed for it. But instead of being surprised at it, instead of being, which I think happens a lot when you're a young Christian, yeah. like you, somebody finds out you're a Christian and they make fun of you or they ostracize you and it's like, and whoa, totally I didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah. I've really been trying to emphasize to the teen group and the young adults, like you, if you are living out your faith, you're going to run into conflict at some point and be mm-hmm. ready. Or the Peter's text last week, you know, be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and yeah. respect. So live optimistically as a christian but also be prepared for the worst to happen yep. especially at the hands of your fellow human and beings and know the worst will happen like if you're living in yeah. faith and rejoice as that's mm-hmm. happening yep. you're you're following jesus footsteps you yeah. are participating in his sufferings he knows more than anyone what it was like to be rejected and mocked just as he's trying to do something mm-hmm. wonderful good beautiful so we're following jesus footsteps we rejoice that we get recounted worthy of suffering as the disciples said and we know we will rejoice when jesus appears in glory he says, if you are insulted because in the name of Christ you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So how often when someone makes fun of our faith, we're like, this is, I hate this, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And Peter actually says, no, you're blessed. You're blessed right. because the spirit of God is, is on you and blessing you with the yeah. ability to share your faith. Yep. Uh, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And probably the most famous verse in the section, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, cares for you which is such a powerful verse. Yeah. Um, that idea, whatever's bothering you, especially in this context, you know, suffering for your faith, throw it on God. Uh, Peter's a fisherman. You think about the fishing nets they use, you know, just kind of sort of chucking those out into the open water and pulling them back up. So that idea of casting is there too. Whatever yep. your troubles, your anxieties are, toss them out into the open water. Let God deal yeah. with them. That's where they belong. It's a great visual. Uh, and then some of the last verses here, uh, probably the second most uh, famous uh, picture in this section is your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour and it's interesting that's in the we often think of that in the context of like he's tempting me to sin and it's true he does he like a lion you know i remember watching nature shows with my dad when i was little actually i think the uh, i remember my cousins going over to my cousin's house in illinois um and they were watching some nature documentary, and it was like a lion taking down a wildebeest. And I was like seven. It was like very graphic. It's like I should not be watching this, but Where this is this is crazy. What Sorry, Siri? I don't know. 
So yeah, just watching the lion hide in the bushes and take down, you know, some sort of water buffalo or something. Mm-hmm. Just like that really was burned into my head. Yeah. And I'm sure I like shared it with my <laughs> parents on the way home to Wisconsin and like got my cousins in trouble somehow. Like they showed me a video where a lion killed the water buffalo and I'm not old enough. Uh, but just yeah, that's the devil operates that way. He's yeah. Sneaky. Uh, and he wants to take us down. Mm-hmm. But the context here is suffering for our faith. Mm-hmm. And that's how he can hide in that and use that. Like, this isn't worth it. I'm out. Right. And how many young people feel that way when so, they go off to high school or so college? Often, it's like, yeah. it is not worth the hassle of being different or hated. Weird. Or ostracized weird. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Peter says, Don't, just be ready for that. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Yeah. Which is... Um, it's interesting that he says other people are suffering too, so rejoice yeah. Yeah. And, and be comforted by that, which is a weird thought. Be comforted because other people are suffering too, but what is he saying? You're together yeah. with, like, you're in this together. There's a community, and mm-hmm. I think uh, going back to teen group, we have teen group every Wednesday night. That's I try to actively create that community among them. It's just mm-hmm. to say, like, yeah, it might be really hard to be a Christian, but you come here on a Wednesday night, and these people, more than anybody else in your life, Get know it. what that's like. Yep. So share with each other yeah. and strengthen each other. And you might not have the answers to everything and say, well, here's what you should do, but just that community is, is wonderful. And then it's really cool to have, then the teens have the opportunity to go to, like, the youth rally yeah so like then they see like whoa like so many people yeah just like me right no that's that's a great great point too especially you go to the international rally we were down in tennessee last year and there's like 2200 young people and Mm -hmm. okay there's all these people know what it's like in some way to be me i'm not crazy so the the theme for the week again was let me flip the page over uh, he lives to rule all things for the church. And you just you see that in Ascension in Acts 1. You see that in First Peter as well. God is, is saying, even when it feels crazy and you're going through these fiery trials, just it's okay. Be comforted because you know that I'm in charge. All right. You want to read the words to our Sunday, our Sunday school choir is singing this Sunday in the 11 o'clock service. You want to read the words? Absolutely. All hail the King of Heaven, Christ the Lord of all whom thundering angels circle round, ablaze with awe. Let now the hallelujah of earth in glad refrain. Ascend the throne, to him belongs immortal praise. All hail the king of heaven, creation joined together. Let endless praises crown his name. All hail the king of heaven. Do you have a line that stands out to you in that? Um, yes. Whom thundering angels circle round. Yeah, I like that too. A blaze with awe. I mean, that that's reminiscent of our Sunday school lesson with Isaiah and, and God's throne room and things like that. I saw this, this thing online too that uh, it was some pastor group on Facebook and they were talking about how every single pastor for Ascension is going to reference the coronation of King Charles somehow. Like, <laughs> what an easy, you know, so I'm rejecting it. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, I mean, I think we, we do think about that when it comes to ascension, that Jesus is ascending, you know, yeah. to be the king of all heaven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's this man that in King Charles that just has mm-hmm. a decent amount of power on this earth, but it's nothing no. compared to, you know, the a throne with immortal praise and uh, thundering angels circle around. So just the, the power of Jesus contrasted with the power on earth is, right. is a fun visual. Yeah. All right, final question. How do you think about Jesus' ascension? Do you want me to go first? Um, sure. Uh, I've used this before, and I think I maybe even talked about this in the podcast before, but one of my lasting ascension memories 
is uh, my pastor growing up preached the sermon from inside the sacristy. Yes, do you remember that? I do remember and you so about the, that. You know, we couldn't see him, but we heard his voice over the the PA system, mm-hmm. and he preached the whole sermon. Yeah, like I, th- I think I have mentioned that. But that is just that I always think about that. That God's word goes on, even we can't we can't see God, we can't see yeah. Jesus, but He's with us with His power. And so Jesus' ascension becomes very important for me and for all of us in that regard. To that, this is the plan. The plan was that he would go and he would be with us always. And he's preached and taught at our church. And he's there with us as a family, as individuals. Mm-hmm. He's there keeping us safe and ruling all things for the good of the church. So how dare I ever feel like, oh, this world's crazy and everything's spinning out of control. Like, right. no, well, he not. rules everything for <laughs> my good and for yeah. the good of the church and for the good of everyone. Mm-hmm. So I can't see him, but he's in control. What do you think? How do you um, think about Jesus' ascension? So uh, whenever I just think about the ascension, Jesus ascending into heaven, it's always connected with, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, and then go, like go mm-hmm. make disciples. Yeah. So it's like hey, the time he's um, reassuring me, like he's here, he's with you, now get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really, I don't know, it's motivating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a strong mission aspect mm-hmm. to ascension. Yeah. All right, that's all for this week. Uh, you know, we the last two weeks we've been revealing a number of Carrie social yeah, security numbers. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a little nervous. Al. Well, I, I was going like... to say I actually did some research on that, and that could, people can use that for really bad what? stuff. What? Yeah, I was as shocked. As no. You are. So I guess um, we won't give out any more numbers of your well, social security number. Like, uh... um, I think maybe our bank account will oh, start next yeah, week. Oh, yeah, that's a good so idea. So tune in next week to get a few cool. digits of cool, our cool, bank cool, account. Cool. All right, happy ascension. Bye. Bye.